Sonic States. Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk number 204, recording live today, Wednesday the 26th of January. Uh, going to be, you'll be able to see this always, uh, you'll be able to see it online, you know, via iTunes, or the usual channels, so uh, please do hang in there. Of course, uh, those of you who are watching us live will know all about this, but those of you who never have uh, might enjoy the concept of coming along and uh, to a live recording. Uh, we uh, we don't bite, we've got a live chat room, we stream it live, there's no edits. You can join us, sonicstate.com forward slash live, 4pm UK time on a Wednesday, and, um, and th- we just kind of roll with it, as it were. Um, and I've got a few guests with me this week. I'm, I'd like to apologise for last week, of course. Last week I was, I realise now, um, the feeling I have now compared to the feeling I have last week, I was rather brainless and completely out of it. I thought I didn't have any jet lag, but <laughs> I think I was totally wasted and I didn't really realise. But I managed to, I, from that point, I managed to get over the jet lag. I'm talking, of course, of after the NAM trip because we were there for a week for the recent uh, NAM 2011 trade show, of which the videos are still going out. I think I've still got two or three to go, but I, we're well over 100 I think we're over 140 now, 141 videos for, which is a bit kind of bonkers, really, kind of crazy stuff. But we weren't going to go there first. We were going to go perhaps talk about um, some other items, which uh, which I will get to in a minute. But uh, perhaps first of all, I'd like to welcome my guests and also um, everybody in the chat room. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, did I say uh, sonicstate.com forward slash live is where you can join us on a Wednesday at 4 p.m. Yes, I did. But I'm saying it again. I think it's called reiteration. Uh, so anyway, welcome to my my guest. I'll start furthest away, uh, who in this case, and is often the case, is Rich Hilton from Connecticut, where he uh, mans the controls for the uh, infamous Nile Rogers, runs the studio, plays, produces, does all sorts of stuff. How are you, Rich? You're not the, you're not the first to suggest that I'm furthest away most of the time. <laughs> It's snowing again, and it's supposed to snow straight through until late tomorrow. We've already got piles of snow between four and eight feet high on the sides of the <laughs> roads. Is that from the plows? Or is that- is, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. from, from storm after storm of heavy plowing. We've got an enormous uh, – you know, you pull up to an intersection, you can't see either way because there's enormous walls of snow on either side of you, and uh, it's snowing some more. Jeez. So uh, we're in a winter wonderland here in the northeastern U.S. Uh, this year. It's been quite, quite something. I don't think, I don't know if I ever remember it quite like this in a single month ever. In yeah, my we had, we had kind of the same thing yes. too, actually. Yeah, we, well, yes. I mean, in the well, not quite the same to the same degree, but it's snow on the ground for a month, which is very unusual. Right, understood. Yeah, no, we're getting snowed on three times a week. Lordy, well, yeah. it's all right here. It's just um, you know, drizzly and grey, the usual stuff. Uh, but, it reminds me of my. It reminds me of my days in Ithaca, New York, ah, which is in the snow belt. And anybody who's up there would know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, well, welcome, Rich. MySpace.com forward slash Hiltonius. Uh, stay warm and all that. And uh, I'll come a bit closer. Uh, and that would be, I think, my next guest, which is Dave Spears from G4Software.com. Dave, how are you? Hello, Gov. I'm all right, and you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Much better now. It's been a tough week, actually. Lots of, you know, it's, I think the thing is about this, um, about NAM is you kind of forget how much there is to do when you get back. So there's all of the, you know, making sure you got all the videos online. And then you get these days where all you do is sit and edit a video, write a story, edit a video, write a story. And it just gets a bit mind numbing. I mean, it, it's nice to relive it all, but the, the, just the repetitive nature of the process. I mean, you must kind of get that when you're preparing uh, loops and, you know, samples and all that sort of thing. It's just you get into this sort of slightly kind of weird headspace where you just feel like a bit of an autonomous. 
Yeah, it's the cold afterwards, I think. The inevitable cold, which doesn't sound like you've got. No, no, I haven't. I, I didn't get ill. I feel, I, for the first time, I feel quite well, actually, after the flu yeah, before Christmas. Yeah. But I'm not going to spend my time moaning about weather and illness, if I can help it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, so how's, how's things? You're, you're busy, busy? Yeah. Anything, yeah you can, anything you can or care to talk about? Or have you uh, learned a lesson? Oh, I've learned a big lesson over the last year. <laughs> Never two. tell anybody um, what you're up to. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. No, we're, we're, we're trying to kind of coincide sort of about three or four things. So it's reasonably stressful. But if we can pull it off, it'll be really good because then I can uh, relax for a month. Oh, that'd be nice. Hopefully, yeah, it will it, hopefully it won't be too uh, late, early in the year either so you can relax while the, weather, while the sun shines a bit, eh? Was that asking too much? Yeah. Yeah, no, I've kind of got, after this, I'm kind of, hopefully my car will be ready, so I'll be like, I can go and drive somewhere in my car. Woo! So, yeah, fingers crossed. That's the lovely Citroen DS, right? Oh, yes. Yes, no, I had a call from the body shop guy, and he said, uh, can you give me another month? And I was like, yeah, yeah, another month is absolutely fine. I think he was really surprised. Ah, okay. Because I wouldn't be going anywhere in it. (laughs) <laughs> oh well that's good I'm glad I hope it all works out and comes together I think you deserve it but anyway g4software.com for all your Dave Spear and G-Force requirements and uh, finally coming even close to home I could almost throw a stone to where you are Gaz apart from uh, I'm assuming you're in Bristol right which is about 10 miles away from where we are yes I'm in Bristol today yes Gaz so, Williams I mean, stu- Gaz yep. Williams of course I should say a record producer <laughs> one of the busiest men I come across working right up to Christmas uh, songsurgeon.co.uk is that right? right yep I'm not, I'm not in practice yet I haven't got I'm not in the groove with saying your URL because it's only recently <laughs> been, uh, been announced but uh, that's true um, yeah and I've uh, I, I've been having a little bit of a rejig in my studio over the last week I'm, uh, I'm doing a mixing job at the moment and I found that I'm kind of um sat in my chair for you know as you do mixing um long periods of time and yeah yeah so well I, I bought a new chair and the chair was a little bit high and for for my current setup so i was kind of finding i was kind of slouching quite a bit so i've got like these um i i kind of had a, like a brainwave the other day and um i've put like this ex- these extending like kind of arms with like platforms on and it's again a little bit like a Starship Enterprise control system. Are you turning now. into Davros? <laughs> <laughs> and I like it. I mean, I've got my chair. It's like a little bit like a throne now. Nice. And, uh, and everything is to reach. I don't have to. Uh, I can kind of lean back, but reach all my controls. And uh, and you know, there's a little space on my left hand side for an iPad. Oh really? It's going to be. You, yeah, got, you have an do iPad it. landing pad. Yeah, but I don't know if anybody's heard anything, but I believe there's... I'm just sort of... I'm desperate to get one now. I'm absolutely convinced Version about 2, it, I think, of, we're hearing is coming. Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. Is that like February? Is that... Is anyone, oh, I don't know. I, I couldn't second guess. I mean, you know, if the rumours start to converge, they usually have an announcement around about then. So mm-hmm. uh, when's Macworld? It's not far off, is it? I don't think they coincide anything with that, do they? Who knows? I, 
I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I, 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 I have no idea what it's going to be like. I mean, the thing for us is obviously, you know, we want to kind of get into uh, trying to get some iPad app reviews coming along line and how they're going to change the hardware. We'll have to buy some more. <laughs> it's just another expenditure, which I could do without, frankly. But uh, we shall see how it goes. There's an Ableton Live uh, app called Touchable. And it looks absolutely superb. So I don't know if anyone's actually used it yet, but um, are you entering the research like... phase of a purchase there, Gareth? By any chance? <laughs> oh, yeah. I am. The, the palms have gone sweaty. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I've been doing: reconfiguring my studio, really, and getting myself kind of in this kind of incredibly comfortable sort of um, mixing position, really. And uh, I'm finding it's. Well, because I'm, I'm mixing an album for a man called Martin Carr, who was um, in a band called the Boo Radleys, who were right. quite a big band in the 90s, uh, yep. some number one stuff, uh, under the name of the Black Serpent Choir. And uh, that's all been recorded in Ableton Live. So the mix is happening in Ableton Live. And uh, hence me kind of thinking the iPad would be quite nice for this particular job. Exactly. Although that's me just trying to sell it to myself. <laughs> can you can, yeah, get, get it in the budget? Hmm. I have oh, to have this, Martin. <laughs> I have to have this to finish the project. It's just something I need. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm talking of furniture, though, I remember seeing something at NAM actually that was um, that I was going to go and get a video, but I realised they didn't have any instruments. But what they were were kind of stools and studio chairs and things that had little kind of um, like guitar stands attached to them that you could put on the back or at the side, and just so you could easily hang. Ooh. It just looked like a really good idea, but uh, unfortunately, there were two rather bored-looking ladies on the stand, um, and they didn't have any instruments to dangle off off any of the chairs. So I thought that's not going to be a very good video uh, piece. So I I, de- <laughs> I I declined to make the approach, but maybe they would I'd have like whipped it. them out from somewhere hidden and kind of gone to work. But it it was Sunday, so it was unlikely. I was just thinking then, just made me think of Jimmy Savile's chair. He was like, uh, <laughs> on Jim will fix it. It's a British TV show. That's he had right. like this chair uh, was... with all these kind of features and buttons and stuff on, didn't he? That's right. They were really good. Um, it was a bit like a kind of Bond villain chair, wasn't it? And it had, you press a button and out the front um, where the arms were would come a sort of little container and he'd pluck something from it, uh, like a Jim fixed it for me badge, which seemed to be what you get. <laughs> But it does seem a little bit creepy in retrospect, thinking about this kind of weird, grey-haired man sitting in his fancy chair, having people sitting on his knee, sort of, you know, and he would be granting their wishes. I don't know, it was perfectly Um, innocent. He was, that that was, you cynical old git. (laughs) It's only now, knowing what what he's like, that he he is a very, uh, Jimmy Savile, love him, he's a national treasure, but he's a very strange man who lives with his mother and he's about 90. It's really, he's he's a true eccentric, but, um, you know, nothing's ever been, nothing's ever been proved. (laughs) Dave? My band was signed to his management company. Really? Really? Yeah. The management company he was signed to or that he owned? No, no, no. That he owned really it was brilliant it's a, it's a superb story in that there was this woman who do you remember those clunk click adverts like clunk click every trip yeah for seatbelt seat yeah yeah or you'll look like this well our manager was effectively the woman off the clunk click advert ah but it wasn't a car accident <laughs> it was a plane accident she survived this kind of light aircraft thing anyway she was in stoke mandeville hospital for years and years and uh, recovering and jimmy savile obviously was a big it was a, yeah, it was a big, did, you know, did all these kind of charity work for that. Stoke Mandeville, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she was ex-Mecca nightclub, show business, not music business, which turned out to be a bit of a nightmare. Did you get and, a lot of gig, uh, yeah. gigs in working men clubs then? Well, I'll tell you what, we got to go to the most amazing kind of dodgy London <laughs> geezer clubs, and we were treated like royalty, but, I mean, it was obviously all... Um, 
all slightly. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't use the word mafia, but <laughs> but mafia, yeah. <laughs> This could also all link into our initial uh, topic, which I, I'm guessing it might be a wise to uh, to consider applying. Um, this was, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I figure that Dave, you might have something to say in this one because uh, you are so coach, coaches rather. If you see what I mean? I'm going to play this anyway and stop talking. Uh, I'm just trying to remember what I have to do. It's been such a long time. I have to press that button. That's right. <laughs> These were the 1950s, a unique era of travel between the heyday of the railways and before mass air flights took off, when the coach became the people's transport. Together, they ventured out from sleepy villages and chimney-choked towns into the big wide world. We had a rainbow that started at the coach station and the colours spread to all the, the ends of the kingdom, you know, we were a, we were a rainbow. That really has nothing to do with anything, apart from the fact I like to listen to, uh, uh, I forget what her name's voice, it's very 1950s radio, but that was actually the sort of trailer from this uh, series that was, in fact, um, The Golden Age of Coke coach travel which is on the bbc as a couple of episodes and i've been sort of watching it because i think it was on a wednesday night and it's usually while i'm editing the show so i don't necessarily see but i caught a segment last week while i was editing and just finished and it was um it was to do with coaches used for touring so they had various musicians because this was all about the coach in social history and part of the segment uh, was their coaches traveling um you know carrying bands and all over the world and i just thought oh there's an interesting one because i mean i'm sure we've all spent a little bit of time on a tour bus on a coach and um i thought it might be an interesting topic of conversation or maybe not but i know dave what was quite interesting is because your family used to own or do own a, a, a large kind of coach business back in the time when it was sort of really quite uh, quite the thing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, strange story, actually. Uh, they were originally a haulage company down in Melksham, uh-huh. which is obviously not far from you, hence why all my relatives are from down your way. Yeah. And then I think after the war, that got nationalised, and then my grandfather moved up this way and started, I think it started out as a lorry company, and then it got into the whole coach industry. Uh, and there's a big difference between buses and coaches, and coaches are luxury. And it took me ages to kind of work that out, because every time I'd kind of, get, I'd say to my dad, oh, can we go on a bus somewhere? And uh, it would, no, 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 it's a coach. <laughs> and of course, then when I got on a tour bus, it was like, so this is a tour coach then, because this is quite luxury. And maybe uh, it's not a tour like bus. A uh, yeah, a tour bus. Of course, yeah. So it's all in. It's all down to the semantics, really. But that's it very, very funny. It's funny but though. That was a great program. Sorry, did you see the program? program? You saw it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously, I had to watch it. Um, in fact, my dad knows a lot of the people on there, and it was great to see Wakey on there, giving various recounting stories of uh, tour bus experiences. Well, they had the kind of they, they had this interesting juxtaposition. There was they started off with kind of you know really large. They were talking to Elvis Costello and various other people, and there, there was the stiff tour that was back in the seventies. And they said there were tons of people, you know, all on the same bus. And uh, Rick was saying, yeah, same thing. You know, you, there's always the rule that you know even if your coach has got a toilet, you're not allowed to you know 
to use it fully, as it were. So uh, you, you, it, when you had lots and lots of people on a bus, it's actually really unprimed. And as one of the things he said is, you know, you you live with these people, you play with them, you rehearse with them, you kind of you're, you're spending, and then you also sleep with them and travel with them. It just gets a bit much. And then they cut to, uh, I think it was a country star um, in the US. Uh, June June Carter or somebody like that, and and she just was her on a bus with. She had the whole bus to herself, and they shut cut to her bus, and the heart, back half of her bus was a four poster bed and a massive sort of swanky bedroom, which looked kind of um, looked kind of sweet. But it just got me Way thinking. Sure. It got me thinking about tour buses in general, and obviously, you know, we've we've all been on them, and they are generally quite luxe. Um, Rich, you've probably been on a couple of tour buses as well. Is that right? Well, interestingly, not that many, but almost all of the ones I've spent any time on were through the UK uh-huh. on these Tony Denton traveling disco flea circus tours that we've been doing every so often. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, and typically we'll start – oh, we could start anyway. We'll start at one end and we'll go to the other and often make a detour west or east along the way. So you know, you either start in Newcastle and you work your way down to Brighton by way of, you know, Plymouth or something, or you start in London and you work your way up, you know, you may, may go to Brighton and then you work your way back up. Anyway, um, so I, it's mostly been in England, so it's all wrapped up in my perception of Britain, actually, my, my time on tour buses, because quite often I would sit down with the driver because I could see so much better and I got so much of a better sense of the place. Uh, than, okay. I mean, not that I... Not that I didn't love hanging with the band, but I'm with them all the time anyway. And tangentially interesting, perhaps, to a few, is that um, I, was, uh, I was chosen to be tour manager yeah. for this process. Woo. So uh, because the yeah, You have to sit at the front if you're the tour manager. Couldn't make you? it anywhere. Well, I suppose. And the other thing is it complicates your relationship with the band because you're also the bringer of all the bad news. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, bus tours, not many, enjoyed it, learned a lot about Britain, used to like talking to the driver, didn't even realize you guys called them coaches, which we don't really call them here, we call them buses. Um, and so that's my little spiel, yeah. I'm not going to tell it. I'm not going to tell any sordid tales. Of <laughs> no, fe- fe- I mean, the thing is, you are fairly, um, I mean, you know, there's no two ways about it, there's, it's fairly close living, close confined living, isn't it? It's not the sort of thing, uh, isn't it? The, uh, the, the, the old adage, it's the same with Vegas, what goes on the bus stays on the bus, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, right. All of that stuff. I remember the only, tour, the only tour I ever did on a bus was uh, with, with Germany with a band called the uh, Federation. And we had a really swanky Van Hool bus, which Van Hool are a big coach fitters. Uh, sorry, coach, not bus. And it was really, you know, really nice. And the only problem is it meant all the other people in the tour, like the light, the lampies and the, everybody else, used to come and hang about on it all the time. So it was actually, it ended up being like our dressing room, but everybody else hung around in there. And it got a bit much after a while. And we had to kind of, uh, you know... Well, anyway, it was a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> there, were, there were angry words had at some point. So, uh, Gaz, how about yourself? You, uh, you've been a tour bus man. I mean, does it, is it fond memories, or do you think, actually, I'd rather get there under my own steam? Oh, God. Um, yeah, I've, I, mean, I mean, we've had so many sort of grim <laughs> coach journeys. and uh, So, yeah, I'm not mad keen on them, really. Um, I, when I when I saw this as a as a topic, I was just trying to actually think if there was any of the stories that I could actually tell. Without, <laughs> they're so without they're any so fear of litigation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, gosh, yeah. Um, 
I, I remember this one time we were we were in this like minibus and I think there was something like 25 people in this minibus that I think the minibus was only meant to take about 10 people Ooh. and it was horrible I mean it was really really ramful everybody was sitting on top of each other and um this is a horrible story, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and we've been traveling for about, I don't know, like eight or nine hours. It was a long, we were going from, right from West Wales all the way over to East, uh, to Norfolk. So right oh, no, that's a terrible road. journey. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. Mm. And, uh, and there was a dog on the, on this little bus as, as well. well. Oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Health and uh, safety would have a field day. Well, Oh, it was, it was just, it was really grim. And uh, I was so tired, already tired, and you couldn't really sleep anywhere. And I was just finally falling asleep. Anyway, I started waking up thinking, oh, somebody's kissing me tenderly <laughs> on the cheek. Yes. And, and as I kind of woke up, it was the dog's anus. Oh, man, that is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um oh. so yeah so my my kind of coach stories are all stories like that i'm afraid um, yeah i know what you mean that they are that they often are though aren't they these are very rarely oh we had a good i've got one actually that was um this the same tour actually and um the band were managed by this chap called uh harry barter who's like really big uk management uh he used to manage the nolans you know he's old school guy you know proper proper used to manage the nolans various other sort of big kind of showbiz he uh, bruce wayne when he came Came to the UK, he looked after him. Also, he's got his, his office was. I don't know if he's still alive. He was quite old when we were doing it. I mean, uh, if he is, you know, hello and good wishes to you. But his son, who was um, who was kind of learning the ropes, was sent out on tour with the band to sort of look after them. And he was kind of sort of tour managing, sort of just kind of making sure everybody was okay. And uh, he was he was a little unsure of himself. And so, you know, we we got a little bit touchy at times, you know, and found that we had to step in and take care. So it was a long story. Anyway, he was a really nice guy, and I'm sure he's absolutely fantastic now, but he was just learning the kind of ropes then. And uh, we did this last gig, and it was, I forget where it was. I think it was in Germany, in Freiburg. And uh, everybody got really drunk, as they do. And we got on the bus, and, we, and it was a, an overnight travel, and we just drove off. And we just couldn't find him. Just suddenly realised he wasn't anywhere to be seen. <laughs> just vanished completely. And we got to the point where we'd driven about 50 miles. It was actually, we should have... We, no, we hung up. We actually, no, that's right. We were hanging around trying to find him. We couldn't find him anywhere. We drove on. And then su- suddenly somebody found him under a, under, a, under a pile of bags in one of the bunks. He was absolutely, you know, comatose, completely out of it. And uh, no, didn't really know what was going on. He'd sort of crawled into the bus and just kind of tried to make himself safe in a little nest. But had neglected to tell anybody at all that he was still with the band so that was a bit stressful because i remember we phoned his dad at like three o'clock in the morning saying um we've lost your son somewhere in germany (laughs) but we had to go because otherwise we're going to miss the boat and there's 15 people who aren't going to get home Um, but it was all right in the end so that's not very that's not an unpleasant story dave i'm sure have you got anything that we could uh that we could publish broadcast Uh, it's tricky isn't it it's um 
one of my favourite things was when we used to do the festivals, uh, you know, like Ross Kilder and places like that. You could use what I'd normally do is stay and watch the kind of headline band, and then usually because everybody was staying at the same hotel, I'd blag my way back on the bus. And I was on a bus with um, Iggy Pop's band, where there was a lot of raucous behaviour involving a very old group here, if I remember correctly. Um, but uh, I won't go any further with that. I mean, there's <laughs> okay. just there's loads, there's loads. I thought it was really interesting. I mean, obviously, I've, my dad still kind of collects all these old coaches. In fact, there's this brilliant bit of footage on that movie where you'd think that, you know, it's a kind of, he, he's got a load of amazing coaches and stuff like that. And there's one of his old coaches, which wasn't one of those kind of really beautifully done up old vehicles. It was actually used by the kind of 1980s New Age travellers. And he was ringing me up going, have you seen VAC on there? You can see it. Uh, and, I, and I did get a picture. I'd got a screen grab off of it. But there's loads. I mean, people used to get paranoid about stuff getting nicked. I mean, there was just, there is, a, there's a lot of process to being on the bus. You have to, you, you really do have Who's to. Who's got the keys? Them. Who's got the keys? I gave them to you. Yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff. That's true. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a routine. On. There is a routine. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of etiquette involved in inviting people on and stuff like that. It's uh, it's it's all part of the bubble. Although I have to say, I really loved it. I like those little tight bunks when you're rolling around, going round corners. But the thing, don't you see, you've, don't, when you get back on, when you get on stage, uh, you know, when you get off the bus and you you land, as it were, and get into the club, and you're standing on the stage, you just feel like you're at sea, and you get that kind of motion, continuing motion. That's the one thing I don't like about it. You always feel like you're yeah, moving yeah, for yeah. days afterwards. It's like coming off a long a long haul cruise or something isn't it when you've been on a boat for well, a long time am- amazing one where we'd done a festival in switzerland and then had to drive and i actually i was at the front of the bus all the way because the views were amazing but drive literally overnight back to the uk to do this mammoth gig at wembley stadium and it was just like yeah you kind of wander out on the stage and it's like everything was disorientated your body was the fact that this venue's so vast it's just amazing but great fun Really good fun. We we had our own little black pariahs club at the back of the bus because in those days you could smoke and stuff. Now I don't. Now I don't think. I, you can. I, I shouldn't imagine so. Yeah. Mm. I shouldn't. I just. So. I've just. I've, I've just remembered one actually. Um, and funnily enough, there is a little connection. Um, I think was he was he the singer in Federation G? He was one of the yeah. G was a rapper. There was uh, Cy John yeah. and uh, Julie Lafayette. Cy John. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Of course, you probably I did, know them. I did. I did. I did a tour with uh, G with a band called Malachi last year. Oh, Actually, okay. this is the last, the last, um, I was playing bass. Um, this is the last sort of bus tour I've done really. And, um, uh, well it was, they hired a, like, uh, it's more of a camper van really. It's a camper van story. Does, can, can this count? <laughs> That'll do. Yeah. It's got more than one window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the person, it was a brand new one, and, and it was just like some person renting it private, uh, hiring it out privately. And he was, this guy who was hiring it was very paranoid about it. And, and the guys who were, uh, the band was hiring it, they didn't tell him it was for a band. He wouldn't have probably hired it to them <laughs> if he knew it was for a band. Oops. Uh, um, but uh, the drummer told the guy, you know, said, oh, you know, oh, the, the guy was talking and saying that his uh, kid was, the guy who's hiring it said his kid was a drummer. And, and, the, and the drummer said, oh, I'm a drummer. I play in a band called Malachi. Ah, okay, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, um, we were, uh, we were in Glasgow. We were playing a gig in uh, the Barrowlands there and uh, had this angry phone call from, um, from the bloke. Yeah. He'd actually... 
<laughs> the owner. Yeah, because he'd, I, he'd sort of, he'd done a Google search on Malachi and then happened to notice that they happened to be on tour at this particular moment in time. So he started to smell a rat. And he had like a, he's got like a tracking device in the, uh, <laughs> on his van. <laughs> and he, on his van. And then he looked at the coordinates on Google Earth and it was parked in this really dodgy alley in Glasgow. I mean, where the Barrowlands is in Glasgow. I don't know if you know that venue. It's, uh, yeah, it's I right into in, that one. No. <laughs> yeah. It's right in the rough kind of part of town. So, um, so we were, we were oh, rumbled. Oh dear. Modern technology kind of caught us out with that one, really. Um, so it just meant for the whole tour then we were on because don't scratch anything oh, yeah exactly just so it was a, on tenterhooks you know oh, yeah god not a great story but it was, uh, it was no it was well a uh, thank you very much for that that's tall i'm sure I, I i i hadn't really thought about this when i sort of brought the subject up i obviously didn't realize or didn't really think about the fact that most of the stories are probably unpre- <laughs> unrepeatable the sort of thing you can only tell uh after a couple of drinks in a quiet room. Anyway, but thank you very much for that. That was uh, Tour Buses. I I would like to say also thank you to our show sponsor. Very much appreciate... the continued sponsorship of Yamaha. Yamaha, of course, are the makers of some fine speakers, uh, particularly the studio speakers. In fact, you may well remember the NS10Ms, which are the sort of classic white-coned studio monitors from the 80s and 90s that um, many people just kind of cut their teeth on because there weren't actually all that many monitors, mid-price monitors, near-field monitors that that people could afford or use. And and now um, that range has been enhanced and grown and they've, they've released the active versions HS50 and HS50 80, which aren't, they're not active versions of the same speaker, they're something completely different but they follow on in that tradition, which is basically the, the, the monitors that are proper studio monitors, they don't flatter the sound in any way, these are active monitors, the HS50 uh, is 70 watts and the HS80 is 120 watts. What Yamaha are asking you to do is if you're in the market for any monitors or you're thinking of changing and you want something another set to kind of reference on get down to one of your local stores and take some listening material and have a listen and check them out because they say you know as the old adage goes if your mix sounds good on these they'll sound good anywhere and that certainly was true of the ns10s and there's no reason at all why they wouldn't be the same for this but you need to check them out because speakers are a very personal thing particularly studio monitors which are very unflattering and can be quite shocking to listen to sometimes because you think, oh my God, I didn't realise my mix sounded like that. But uh, quite often it does and that's why you need studio monitors. Anyway, uh, if you go to yamahadownload.com and check out the Pulse stores in the UK, they're kind of stores within stores. Take a CD down or an MP3 uh, iPod or whatever, have a listen uh, to them there. Uh, I think the same thing can be done in the US, of course, uh, although I don't think it's the same Pulse stores. Just go and uh, take them down and check them out. Um, HS50M in the UK is £149. The HS80M is £249. Please do check them out. Yamahadownload.com. And while you're at Yamahadownload.com, uh, check out all the interesting articles and all the other stuff they've got on various artist reviews and use of Yamaha technology in all sorts of music production and uh, live situations. So once again, we do thank Yamaha for their continued sponsorship of the show. Yamahadownload.com. Okay, right. Uh, let's see. What's our next topic? Oh, yeah. Did you hear um, Roger Lynn? Getting a Grammy. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah, I just saw this. Um, this was via Sivtopia. Um, basically, uh, Roger, the, the headline was, what do Roger Lynn and Dolly Parton have in common? And they both got Grammys. Not that they've got uh, 
their frontage is greatly enhanced or anything. Um, Grammy Recording Academy has announced its special merit award recipients, uh, Lynn and Partner among the recipients. Uh, there's also Julie Andrews, Roy Haynes, the Juilliard String Quartet, Kingston Trio, Dolly Parton Ramones, George Beverly, Shay, Lifetime Achievement, uh, welcome, blah, 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 Roger Lynn and Waves Audio as technical Grammy Award honorees. Uh, this will also be uh, announced and happening at the Grammys. When are the Grammys? They're in Mar- are they in March sometime? I forget now. I should have done some research there. But I want to say mm-hmm. congratulations to Roger. And uh, we know, uh, I don't know if you saw the Tempest uh, video that I recorded um, at the recent NAM show, you'll be aware that Roger has one of the finest radio voices and uh, he'll be able to speak into the microphone and uh, listen. You'll be able to hear his mellifluous tones graciously accepting his Grammy. I hope he gets to go to the big bash. Uh, It does say on the website, needless to say, we're very flattered, but that's all they say about it at the time, so... That's kind of pretty cool, isn't it? I, mean, I, I, can't th- I don't know if this is a new category or whether it's something that they just do from time to time. Anybody know about this or is, it, uh, is, th- is that that? I've got a feeling. I seem to remember talking to Mark from Isotope saying that they wanted to introduce this a while ago because I think he's on the sort of advisory committee. So okay. no, interesting. Ah, well, but yeah, could be. Right, okay. February, uh, late in the month, says Happy Fun Team via the chat room. Thank you very much. Of course, the chat room to the rescue once again. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Maybe we'll get to see them on telly. I suppose the, they might you know, they might whip through those and you just get to see them at the end when they're talking in front of a massive whiteboard full of sponsors. But I hope he gets his... It'd be nice if he gets actually on the televised bit. Do they do it in full? Is it one of those sort of uh, tedious award ceremonies that just goes on and on and everybody goes on about it? It's not quite as bad as the Oscars, is it? You get musical performances and stuff. Wouldn't it be cool if he got to do a performance? There was just like an NPC orchestra or something that just kind of <laughs> played <laughs> before he got to, re- got to receive his award. That would be awesome. Uh, you have to excuse Rich has had to step away for a moment. He's, I'm sure he'll be back in touch when he's, uh, he's available again. So if you're wondering why he was quiet, it's just because he's gone. <laughs> but he'll be back. <laughs> we do hope. Anyway, um, and this was another topic. And I've, got, I've, I've prepared a little bit of um, audio for this. And I'm hoping it's going to work all right because it's, it's fairly hard to tell. But I'll just play some clips if I can. That's the Black Eyed Peas, I believe. Brianna. And a bit more, Rihanna. And I think this is T-Pain. Yeah, T-Pain, I believe. I don't know what the name of the song is. And who's this one? Oh, this is P. Diddy. And uh, it all will hopefully become clear shortly. I edited this because it's just to get on with it. I always feel like they're talking to me when it comes on. Another day, another day. can't remember who that is uh, but it doesn't matter the point is what is the common theme between all of those tunes they're all in the billboard top 100 uh top 20 in fact in america and there's one common theme between them yellow did you hear any of that i did yeah 
you were the heard, last I heard was uh, you were saying what is the connection between these all songs of those and all, that's right. all in the top twenty. I mean, I was wondering if the connection that they, it was was it they were all terrible. Well. <laughs> You could say that. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they all were, but um, that's a matter of opinion. But no, yeah. sorry. Um, there is a possibility. There is another possibility, um, which I think you know because you've seen the show notes. I'm, I'm dragging this out for theatrical. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the common theme between all of those uh, was there's no baseline. Boo! And I was thinking, it just suddenly struck me. I was watching something. Um, I was watching my daughter listen to something on the uh, on a laptop, and I thought, oh, I can't hear the bass. And I thought, hold on, there is no bass. And I thought, I thought actually, there's no bass on loads of tracks at the moment. I mean, there's yes. lots of bass. I mean, in terms, of it's a massive bass drum thing, and I know we've talked about that before. But there seems to be. It, I I'm wondering why that is. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It's like uh, the crash symbol sort of vanished from those kind of pop tunes about sort of eight or nine years ago. Um, There's definitely kind of trends that go on, isn't there? I I know that Paul Simon's new album, uh, he's decided that he doesn't like bass at all, and he's got no bass on his new album. So this is terrible for me being a bass player. I'm really not pleased with this current trend. I just, I wonder, I wonder uh, why this is. I mean, do you think, is it a fashion thing? I mean, Rich, uh, Dave, have you noticed this as well? Do you know, I hadn't until the show notes came through and then I started listening to a few things, more, more, mm. sort of, more contemporary things. More contemporary. Yeah. Do you think it's to do with the delay of, of Trillion coming out? It's just <laughs> <the sort> of... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whether it was an MP3 thing. It was just like, well, no one's going to hear it, so there's no point putting it there by the time mm. they're playing it on their phones. Well, that I th- yeah, this is this is actually what I was wondering whether it's actually down to the devices because what's the point? You won't hear it anyway. So they they they, they that the compressor and also I suppose if you've got a bass line, the compression that you get on the rest of the mix from the bass drum is less pronounced because there's more energy just around the bass drum and sort of in that general area. So I'm wondering. If, I, I don't really know why that might be, and I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, sort of. It's, it's an interesting concept. Is it fashion? Is it down to technology? Or is it just one of those kids' things that we'll never understand? It's- I would I would think fashion myself. I mean, all the acts that you played are all sort of very much, you know, uh, they're all, they're all, it's all follow the leader, isn't it, a little bit, do, do, do not think? Once you get one production team and mm. then the A&R guys are like, yep, it's all got to sound like that. Yeah. I suppose it's true. Um Sorry, I'm just having trouble. I, I think I'm not sure whether all of my connections have dropped out or whether just some of them have. I'm just still trying to uh, trying to get uh, get it all back again. <laughs> it's all a bit rubbish. I'm getting a bit sick of technology. It's all it does is let you down. Yeah, I'll go back need- as a plumber next time. Well, yeah. Well, there's <laughs> money. I just had my boiler fixed. Yes. <laughs> I suppose, I mean, the kick drum is pretty massive, isn't it? So with the, with the kick drum being so big, it doesn't have to compete for sort of mix space with the bass. So, you know, that, um, that's maybe one of the reasons that they do it. It's also sort of, it, does it not, um, does it not actually kind of maybe also indicate that there's, there's quite a lot of uh, confidence in the songwriting? Because you just think, oh, we don't need that. It's fine. We just need a beat. You know, because Timberland started this kind of trend, didn't he? With no bass line, really weird beats, and just a really powerful and, and well-produced vocal. It's a bit depressing. I love a good bass line. Oh, definitely. 
I, I read in Paul Simon's case, I know it's very different from the, the examples that you played, but he, he's saying that he just feels that the bass line just adds clutter to the song. So I don't know if it's, if it's something like that as well. Yeah, maybe it's a similar vibe. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there is an element that, you know, after a while, good imaginative bass lines, particularly within, mm. within a certain genre, get kind of hard to come by. So yeah. maybe they just kind of went, you know what? Let's just leave it yeah. out. <laughs> Weird. Weird. I'm going to do some more research on it, I'll tell you. Seems to be in the sort of R and B and vocal groups where you know there's a strong vocal like Rihanna's, obviously, and also not at the same time you're getting lots and lots of sort of super sore, hyper sore. You know, it, it's it's kind of world of access virus as well. It's quite um, it's quite pronounced. Yeah, yeah, that's been around for a while, hasn't it? It has, but it's sort of replaced. I mean, like that last tune I played, there was just a, a root note which which had no bass in it, but was kind of filling mm. that void. And, but no, no energy down there. It was just a really. I just thought it was kind of really interesting on um, uh, concept. I, sorry, that that was a real shame. I thought that was a great topic, and I've completely blown it by having losing the internet connection <laughs> and having to focus on getting us everybody back online. Yeah, I, I want. I wonder if it's all just a big conspiracy to sort of bring back sort of where's the bass and sort of like late late eighties kind of sort of bass cliche things that were going on. You think it will go round? Definitely, you might. <laughs> it, it might do. I think in the Paul Simon one case, though, it's, that's a little bit more troubling because he's had some fantastic bass lines over the years, you know, and sort of, um, oh, I can't remember his name, the uh, the South African bass player on Graceland is oh, incredible. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he also, he'd have people like Abraham Laboreal and some, yeah, some of the great players playing on his stuff. So for him to sort of like abandon bass is sort of, <laughs> that's slightly more worrying to me. Weird for the drummer as well. Yeah. Now they've got uh, all that freedom. (laughs) (laughs) They're just going to fill it up with loads of fills and Uh, licks and stuff. Yeah, if you don't have a bass player in a band, surely then the whole kind of, uh, you know, the butt of the jokes is kind of gone. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You get rid of that and replace a drummer (laughs) with a machine. That's it. It's game over. (laughs) <laughs> I wonder if that means that if, if the bass line is disappearing from a lot of records, whether it be fashion or whatever the reason, whether the whole shift of emphasis will maybe move from rhythm, because also the other thing that's quite common to a lot of these things is the rhythm generally is, is you know, roughly four on the floor or something kind of approaching that. So the rhythm's, uh, rhythm's going to get less complicated, maybe more of the, the chord and the acoustic, you know, the, that side of instruments will become more prominent, or is it just going to be down to voice? Maybe we're heading for a sort of new folk movement where you've got <laughs> folk singing, but it's with massively produced vocals. Auto, auto-tune folk movement. Oh, dear, oh, dear. That's really scary. I mm. did see a band, actually, like, a couple of years ago, a Swedish band called um, Wild Birds and Peace Drums, and they've taken the sort of minimal band thing to... Uh, it's just drums and vocal. Okay. And that's it. Well, sort of you what know. it comes down to, though, doesn't it, really? Yeah. But anyway, that brings us to sort of the, the end topic, which was just sort of final NAM roundups. And I just wanted to play something specifically because uh, I thought this was pretty good. I, 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 for technical reasons, we couldn't get the, uh, the Spectrosonics piece online until uh, I got back. So I'm just going to play a little bit of... Uh, Sonic State. I'm Eric Persing for Spectrosonics at NAMM 2011, and we're going to talk about some fantastic things we have going for Omnisphere 1.5. 
Uh, Omnisphere is our flagship instrument, and what we're doing is we're expanding this. We're taking it to a whole new level with 1.5. We've taken the synthesis features, expanding those. Uh, we're making it better sounding. Uh, we've got some really cool interactive things we're doing and also making it easier to use. One of the things we can do is that we can now modulate each of the harmonia oscillators independently and we can produce really rich sounds with independent LFOs on each of the oscillators. So check this out. take off harmonia so we've added a polyphonic <laughs> bit pressure and polyphonic <laughs> I edited that there was a bit more to it, it just sounds so a bit insignificant what that's like. so we'll start with a simple sine wave right no tricks up the sleeve and we'll go ahead and uh, put a little of, uh, bit crushing on there so you can hear what that adds to this, the color and you can also you can modulate all of that as well it's pretty awesome animation to really mangle the sound and what's cool is that you so let's take something like a and this is uh, the granular synth guitar like this uh, cavacano and uh, you know it's a beautiful beautiful multi-sampled instrument okay and then we'll uh, put that through the granular synthesis and we can use that to create all kinds of really interesting subtle tremolo kinds of sounds and uh, check this out. This is really, really pretty. That's all from this, right? I just thought that was sweet. I didn't really kind of know what I was getting into. I'd sort of forgotten about the demo, but there's some great new features in, uh, Spectre, in the Spectrosonic Atmosphere, and he always finishes off any of these demos with, and the best thing of all, it's all free <laughs> to registered users. But some that really are pushing the boat out when it comes to synthesis uh, kind of functionality in this software. It's quite interesting, really, because obviously, you know, it's known more as a, a major, um, you know, as a sample playback thing, really, but it's quite powerful. Dave, you're a, you're a Spectrosonics fan, I believe. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about all of their stuff is that it is really musical. I mean, that, that first thing where they were modulating the various waves, I mean, that's, you know, you're moving into sort of Novacord territory and stuff like that. Gorgeous. I mean... I have to say that I think, you know, Stylus, Omnisphere, Trillion, they're kind of, they're definitely up there on my Desert Island plugins. Mm -hmm. Pretty, pretty damn essential. And mm. just so deep. I mean, I know, you know, yeah. people, people within the company get a bit irritated at the use, the use of the word rompler. And I think they're right because it is, it's so detailed and so deep. 
I mean, some guys say that the only criticism I've ever, ever heard levied at it, at their stuff, is that sometimes it's too big to make it sit in a mix. Mm. But that's not a bad criticism. Well, you can always eat you out. Well, yeah, Moogs are the same, aren't they, really? But, I exactly. Mean, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, because it's interesting. They haven't added, you know, n- new samples, as far as I can tell. They've just made... Essentially, they're reprogramming the synth engine with the waves that they currently have and with, you know, the added enhancements to the synth engine but that first thing the harmonium thing which just sort of essentially spreads out all the oscillators pretty pretty uh, amazing uh, sort of i suppose there's nothing that amazing about it but it just sounds really impressive for some reason because it just <laughs> creates some, something out of nothing almost again it's just musical i've never uh, how big does the uh, sample library live out because I, I don't have spectrosonics believe it i haven't got any on the sphere i had i think oh. I, or anything so i'll oh, tell you now massive. i've got it installed here uh I'm I'm a huge fan of it actually. The last two weeks, I've just been having a big love affair with Omnisphere, and seeing those new uh, updates as well just is so exciting. It's a um, it's a terrific piece of software. I'm uh, I'm convinced about it now. Uh, so look, forty five gig. Right, so it's 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 a big chunk of change in terms of mm-hmm. disk real estate. But I suppose, do you need anything else? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I, to be honest, right now, that's what I've decided to do. I've decided just to sort of uh, just try and keep all my kind of synthesis stuff down to Omnisphere just for the moment. And uh, uh, I must admit, I really like the, the Zoom feature. And a Zoom feature is uh, that they, um, you know, you can kind of click on sort of envelope Zoom or you can click on filter Zoom and it's like it takes you to like a dedicated page just for that uh, area of the synthesis engine. And with the new update, they've made the Harmonia Zoom and the Wave Shaper Zoom and uh, what's the other one now? The Was it the Unison Zoom as well? Um, uh, which, again, is really great from a, a user point of view because, right. uh, you know... It's so a lot less cluttered. Um, You know, when I, my previous favorite synth, I think was um, Massive Native Instruments, but I think the interface is very fiddly and, you know, it's uh, it's a nice interface, but Omnisphere just takes the interface thing to a different level. And uh, and of course, I've got the the new, uh, the TR. Uh, is it the 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 iPad sort of? Um, oh right, yeah, the um, the T T R one, which that looks really really great, and the orb looks really nice as well. And uh, yeah, so, so you know, so I think yeah, great thumbs up, big thumbs up. I'm I'm so happy. Uh, I'm so happy to be on board with Omnisphere. Yeah, well, I'm thinking I'm gonna have I'm gonna ring up and uh, and. and do a bit of begging i mean things i don't need to use it for for music but I, I think i should i think i should just have it around so that i know what i'm talking about really i'm gonna go and get rich he appears to uh to be uh, sorted hold on one sec hey rich welcome back hi fellas sorry you missed that. all the drama my internet connection went down here it was all sort of uh, it was a terrible mess all went oh went horribly wrong we've still got the audio so that's all right but i was i was just queuing up a piece i'd like to just go back to that very quickly we were just talking about the uh, uh spectrosonics omnisphere 1.5 update because i did the video and i was just playing some examples of the new synthesis things but previous to that i was playing uh, a bunch of tunes that were from the u.s billboard top 100 and noticed that you know five or six of them if not more don't have a baseline and baseline seems to be kind of an endangered species at the moment certainly in i'm when i'm talking i'm talking in terms of pure pop kind of that kind of chart pop and it just i just sort of wondered whether you thought there was any reason for that 
Um, no, I don't because I have to, I haven't heard the examples. I'm unprepared to answer that. Okay, question. it's just the just sort of general kind of top top twenty, you know, R and B rap kind of stuff. Just doesn't seem to have baselines anymore. It just seems. No, I understand, and and you know when I hear no baseline, you know, I'll show you how my age is. Uh, my I go to you know when doves cry or something by Prince, where he decided not to have a baseline. In other words, it was an artistic decision to make mm. at one time. But if you're saying that it's become sort of a stylistic tendency, I can't speak to that because I haven't heard. Yeah, no, I wonder enough we, examples. I think we uh, the one of the uh, one of the things we were wondering about was whether or not it was down to the delivery method. So you know you can't hear bass on a number of devices that people live, listen to. You know people aren't kind of dropping their bass their ghetto blasters in the park. They're listening on mobile phones. I'm talking kids. You know the kind I of the know. target. I you wonder. Drive, you drive around Queens, New York, and uh, I have no reason to believe that bass is an extinct species. Well, maybe <laughs> not. Okay. Anyway, well, um, for those of you who've just, I think the chat room have just picked up the feed again. They'll have to wait for, for the full podcast to listen to our uh, discussion. Although I have to, yes, I was a bit phased by the fact that the uh, internet connection dropped out and everything. So I'm sorry about that. But uh, yeah, are you, a, are you Spectrosonics guy? Are you kind of excited by any of the new synthesis functions in uh, 1.5? I am um, a Spectrosonics guy, very much so. And uh I'm not familiar with the new features. Oh, uh, well, there's a new granular synthesis, uh, new bit, polyphonic bit crusher, new... Uh, I'm just trying to think what else it was. One nice thing, if you've got access to it, it's got a polyphonic... After, it supports polyphonic aftertouch. Oh, which, nice. Uh, it, it, and that, that was something I did actually get in touch with them about when I was using the uh, Eigenharp. I thought that... Uh, and I had a little to and fro. I don't know if it's, my, it's because of me, but I'd like to think that... I I'm sure helped. it was. I know Eric, Eric tells me. I'm, not, I'm told that Eric listens to the podcast. I can't imagine oh, where he finds the time. He may have listened to it once. <laughs> or, or I might be doing him a terrible disservice. But, um, well, I didn't know that when I was saying I was a Spectrosonics guy, but, <laughs> but I ha am and have been since the very beginning of Spectrosonics, and I've been sort of a fan of Eric's work since Roland, for crying out loud. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Talented chat. Yeah, Omnis good Omnis good is yeah, and Omnisphere is a magnificent product, and Trillion's great. And I, 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 I use them all. I got them all, and I there use are, them there all. There were a couple. Atmosphere, I had Trilogy. Absolutely. There were a couple of other things I wanted to just quickly mention from Nam that I picked up when I was kind of going through because we, you know, when I spoke last, we had like sixty odd videos online. We've now got one hundred and forty online, so there's been quite a lot of extra video publishing work gone on this week to sort of bring it up to that number. And a few things that really stood out: uh, one, uh, one being well, obviously the Spectrosonics thing, which is why I brought it up. Also, the uh, IK Multimedia iMic, which is really a, a real time processing for a microphone input for an iPad or iOS device. That was actually really, really good. Um, and we did we shot the video through the iMic, and it sounded remarkably good and also really good for rejection. If you can imagine in the, the live show thing, it worked. It's like 49 quid or something. And uh, you can also record. So it's entirely possible that you could do an edit. You could you could actually record a, an interview or a podcast using that and then just email it via wi Wi-Fi. That was pretty cool. Um, the Paul Schreiber, um, who is module, uh, MOTM, uh, modular synthesizer maker, uh, we did a, a thing with the cloud generator, which is a, uh, an oscillator that has six oscillators, and you can spread them out and have them all do random things. Robert Rich gave us a really good demo on that. Did you see that, Dave? No, I didn't. You check that out. Well, I did a whole slew of um, sort of the Analog Haven and uh, other guys that we shot. We did. We must have done eight or ten sort of little guy synth, synth uh, boutique, boutique synth kind of stuff, and that was one yes. of those really nice. 
I saw that mad uh, Looper, mad, mad, mad thing, which I really liked the look of. Oh, uh, the oh gosh, I can't. Uh, remember. I had it up here, and I don't know what yes, I've done with it. Uh, the the splicer. I can't remember who made make yes. noise. It was by Make Noise. Really nice bloke, make, make noise guy. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing? Did, did you see the Gobbler dot com cloud backup? Now that was really interesting. I need to find out a bit more about this. Gobbler got gobbler.com as you'd expect what it is it's it's a mac thing at the moment but what it does it's like an agent that sits on your system and scans for audio files that are associated with uh, uh logic files pro tools all sorts of stuff that kind of stuff and it manages them and catalogs it and then while your computer is not doing anything shifts it all up to amazon s3 so it uh, compresses it compresses it using uh, lossless flak lossless it compares it bit by bit and then makes sure you know once once it's fully you know it knows that it's an absolute perfect comparison it zooms it up to the cloud and it can resume and so you basically can sit there and while your machine's not working it can be backing your stuff up off-site so you can have it on a project basis and it's also got some kind of subversion uh, management so you can actually go back and say oh actually that file before I you know destructively edited this or that project file it's a really cool the guy um, behind it has obviously thought very carefully about how it works and it's a really nice it looks like it could be a really nice and useful system for kind of off-site backup because you know i'm a big fan of the cloud and what have you but this actually um is down to uh, it, you know is is an audio thing which has always been a bit of a problem so I'm, I'm hoping they do one for video but i can't imagine how you're going to be able to compress video down small enough to make it work i think we generated we didn't do too bad i think we generated about um 300 gigs from the show in wow. terms of audio, which isn't a lot, but we're not using full kind of bandwidth. We're using ABC HD cameras, but we're all on the same boat now. So it's so you know, it's, it's, I think we're working at uh, 17 megs a second. But so plenty. That's three people for four days. Wow, <laughs> knackered. I I have a lot of questions about making my drives full of files available to a cloud that is under somebody else's control i'm not sure if it's under anybody else's control i actually think it's um i think you can you, you i think it goes to your own you know you you sign up for your amazon thing and you and, and it's it goes into your own storage which you can make public or not and it's 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 actually the access control to that is actually pretty bulletproof as far as i've uh, as i've found already i don't know i think, but, I, I i must feel like a defense I must feel like somebody at the Pentagon who's just watched some independent defense contractor get handed the keys to the building. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, yeah, there is that aspect of it. I mean, I, th I guess we sort of forget that uh, some projects just need to be completely under wraps. It might be good for some stuff, some? though. What? Uh, there oh. is no level of project that they can have. <laughs> there is absolutely <laughs> no level of project, and there is no amount of conversing, dinner buying, scotch drinking. There is none of that that would get me <laughs> to make... Nile Rogers Studios files available on that kind of a cloud? I, mean, I don't think available is the right term. I mean, they're not available. <laughs> oh, once it's out of my, once it's out of well, my. Well, yeah, game, okay. Well, I suppose so. Well, out of your, <laughs> out of your immediate sight. Yes, I guess that's that's a point. And even then, and even then, I'm not so sure my security on the wi on the Wi-Fi is that great either. You know, so I, I, I'm sure that for some and maybe even most people, this is fine. But I immediately like I'm I'm squirming in my chair thinking about <laughs> the possibility of making my file. It's like I said, it might it, maybe I feel like the guy, the 
who found the first time somebody opened an oil change shop downtown and you've been changing, you've been servicing your own car all your life. And now you're just going to hand it off to somebody, <laughs> except it doesn't really matter if he screws up your car. Whereas if these files go. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I don't think they would um, necessarily. Uh, that's not the only place they'd be. It's just another version. But yeah, I know. Gaz, is that something that you would you would find would be comfortable with? Um, well, I thought I, 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 want, I, I did go to the website and I, I, I was quite interested uh, in it. And I certainly, you know, uh, had a little bit of uh, the same concerns Rich, uh, Richard just uh, having there. Because um, do you remember when Ableton Live 8 launched? There was meant to be a, a facility on that, which is a bit like a cloud type of thing where like a sh- the sharing thing where you could just upload it to the Ableton sort of server or you know and then if you're kind of working in collaboration with somebody then they both you can both draw down from the cloud sort of uh but I, I think they scrapped it for some reason I don't know if they couldn't get it working um maybe it so was, was maybe it was a security thing I mean yeah I, I guess that, yeah. that to be honest that wasn't something that kind of immediately sprang to mind but of course it's completely obvious that uh, that you would be conscious of that I hadn't really mm. thought about that Maybe that's something they haven't thought about. Or maybe they're not aiming it at that kind of, you know, there's yeah. lots of other ways that you can use these tools that aren't, that don't require that level of, I guess. I certainly think if you're working on an iPad and having sort of some sort of cloud thing there, that would be great, wouldn't it? You know, because of the, the limited sto- the storage. Um, so that, that oh, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely wouldn't trust only storing in the cloud i mean it has to be you know i mean for all i say about everything being great in the cloud i mean i i back up all the documents weekly that i create um, on the google documents i mean i don't want them just there because if it's you know they decide to close my account or something i'm screwed aren't i but this this way i get to keep it all but yeah i agree i mean it just looked like an interesting i'd not seen that sort of thing done specifically for audio where it just kind of man- I mean I've seen it with uh, asset management for 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 video and what have you and I think there's something similar in logic which is project management but it's very specific to 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 the logic environment and it's not kind of door agnostic I know uh, uh, Dave is that something that you um, do you presume do you use like SVN and those kind of things that we've talked about in the past for for managing assets and what have you or do you just kind of yeah know? yeah uh to be honest I it's not something I know about. I know what I have to do at the end of every day, and I just go kitching, and, and hopefully it's all done. Yeah, well, that's I mean, the, the one thing that I've done with um, the video stuff here, um, if anyone's interested, because uh, we had a, a Mac Mini running as the sort of transcoding hub, which is hard to believe, but it just it managed it, and it didn't have to be super fast. But that's got two two gig. It's got two gigabyte drives attached to it. One is the drive that everything gets kind of written to so it's the sort of show master and twice a day it just kind of clones itself um you know different uh, does a differential backup to another drive that's sat next to it that isn't online so there's two drives here i mean and also there's obviously all of the um the edited finished mp4s that we upload um that are in the cloud so yeah. I've got, so I do that, but I mean, that's something that, you know, I was very conscious of when I was sort of leaving the office for 10 days. I was thinking, what if this drive goes down, you know? Yeah. And it's sat there fine. I use uh, something called, a, I think it's called Chronosync on the Mac OS X, and you can just set it up to do uh, various differential backups or complete overwrite backups scheduled between devices. And I think it'll work to network drives. I don't know if it works to cloud at all. I haven't looked into that. It wasn't something that I was, I didn't fancy trying to synchronize 238 gigabytes of data. 
Sure. What is the easiest way to do that, though? Uh, if if I've, say, I've got um, my archive now, and if I'm working, say I've like backed up an album project I'm working on, mm-hmm. on, a, on a Mac, and then I've done some more work on it, and I want to back the whole thing up again. How can I do that on the Mac? Is there a, a way to do it? So I'd I use, uh, yeah, I would use um, Chronosync or there's various other, um, what's the other so thing? Carbon Copy Cloner. Sync, Synchronize Pro X is my preferred method of choice. Okay, so I it's mean, a third-party kind of thing then. I mean, the way that I do it's it is... Yeah, 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 yeah. I use, I, use na- I use Naked Drives and I've got a, uh, a dock and you just... Chuck a drive in the dock and just go, yeah, copy it all to that. And then you take that out and you put it away. In fact, I just use naked drives for everything. So I've got two naked drives. One's a show drive. One's just a clone of the show drive that goes twice a day. Do you have to dress any particular way when you use those drives? Uh, uh, no, generally not. Uh, only from the waist down, okay, of course, naked. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> With a sock in the appropriate place. <laughs> Synch- Synchronized Pro will compare and, and store comparisons of any two folders on any two drives and make whatever ah. changes have been made. On just, you, just, you just click go and it'll just update both of them so that they both have everything. It's the ah, sort of thing that you have to do at the end of every day, no matter what, really. I mean, you just it's part of the process. So you just go, I've just been working, yep, click. That drive's always in. When I start the day, I've got my sync drive to the project that I'm working on. They're both there. You just go, and, and you know, while you're kind of looking for your coat and your keys and, and shutting everything down, you just click go. And then when you get back, it's fine. You just have to wait for it to do. I mean, that's just, uh, that's, that's a must, I think, for, mm. in any mm-hmm. recording environment. I mean, I've even... Sorry, I've been using Time Machine, but I don't know how reliable that is. Is that you know the the Apple one? I don't know. I've not well, used. It. I imagine it's a similar kind of. No, it's fine. You just can't play anything out of Time Machine. You have mm. to restore it. In other words, at the end of it, uh, I do that too. I, actually, the way I do that with project files is I use tape. I use AIT two turbo tapes. Uh, but so I have yet another medium as well. But for any given project, there are two working copies existing on a hard drive on a pair of hard drives, both of which are playable. Yeah, that's and what that's I mean. It's very important because app- if one of them if one of them goes down, God forbid, and pretty much they never do. But if one of them went down, I'd still have the other drive ready to play. Pretty much ready to play. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what I would do. I mean, so you've got, I've just got a clone of the drive, and it's like, there it is, bang, it's got to go again. Because, I mean, mm. the thing is also, I suppose the only thing that then you have to do is back, because I have loads of folder actions on all the various folders for doing stuff. So, you know, when we render out of one thing, it just picks it up and gets transcoded and gets uploaded and renamed and what have you. And that's the thing I would lose. I, that would have to be a time machine or a clone of the internal system drive to, to get that. Mm. But. Mm. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Great. But I prefer that to a uh, raid because I think a raid. Um, I've had bad, uh, bad things with raid where you get if you screw up if one of the drives go down, you very you can't often just take the raid drive and plug. You know, if, particularly if it's the second half of a raid drive. If you're just doing two, when you plug it in and it just, it has to rebuild itself and kind of recatalog itself. And I don't. I can't. You know, who can be bothered to wait for that? You know, you need it now. Bang. So that's the way I tend to do it. I think it depends on how many writes and reads you're doing. You know, obviously, if we were running web servers that were getting tens of thousands of document writes an, an hour or a day, then we probably use raids and um, just take the hit for a rebuild. But when you're working on, you know, less less number of writes, then you probably don't need so much. Drobo, um, analog boy in the hill uh, in the uh, chat room says Drobo. Drobo's supposed to be really good too. I've not tried it, but. Uh, 
apparently you can use it as iSCSI and it's very good on the network and has a really fast throughput, certainly for video. But, uh, you know, they're still quite pricey. I mean, this, I got two $40 docks and two $40 drives, naked drives, which is just raw eSATA one terabyte drives. <laughs> Bong, straight in. It's pretty cheap. And, wow. you know, and I don't think there's anything inside any of these things that makes a drive more reliable. You know, so, I mean, the, it all comes down to the drive, really. Right, well, um, gosh, it's 20 past five. I guess um, after, I'm, I'm still bantering because I, I kind of felt like we owed our audience something after uh, my internet connection dropped. <laughs> uh, I think the video is going to have bonked um, somewhere before I managed to f- um, introduce the no baseline topic, so I'm sorry about that if you wanted to watch it for video. But, frankly, it's just a bald bloke in front of a camera with a mic in front of his face. There's not really that much exciting to look at. So um, stay tuned for the uh, for the uh, the full episode 204 edited on iTunes. I'll try and cut out all of the uh, me panicking when the uh, network goes down. But I want to say thank you very much to my guests. Thanks also to the chat room um, for your help during the show. It's been great to have some input. We always do appreciate the input. And uh, um, we know that you are infinitely more knowledgeable as a whole than than certainly I am anyway so uh, thank mm-hmm. you very much for your help uh, so remember that sonicstate.com forward slash live 4pm UK time on a Wednesday um, and I also want to thank my local guests or at least the online guests uh, I'll start with uh, you uh, Gaz Williams uh, songsurgeon.co.uk go and check out his website and thanks very much for joining us thank you and also, um, thank you very much, Dave Spears, g4software.com. Thank you. And uh, did you manage to finish the design you were multitasking while you were doing the show? Do you know what? I'm really close to finishing <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> what is it you're tweaking? Is it the placement of the font or the drop shadow or the colouring or the uh, the alignment that is oh, troubling you most? It's pictures, basically. Resizing, tweaking, making them look nice and pretty. Ah... Uh, and then outputting them. Yeah, boring, but it, but essential. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, and okay. we will speak to you again very shortly. And also to Rich Hilton, thank you for joining us. I uh, hope you got your uh, cable modem sorted out in the meantime. It's all oh, good. Yeah, it was, the, it was the phone system, and it's fixed, and it's all good. And imagine my surprise when I saw the truck pulling up in the snowstorm. Yeah, it's not <laughs> something you expect, is it? Oops. You just managed to see the top of it over the eight-foot snowdrift. Yeah. Well, because of the we're on a hill where I can see up the ah. hill. the truck coming round the corner and down the street, yeah. Okay, well, Rich Hilton, uh, myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius. Thank you very much um, also for joining us. Uh, and also thank you to our show sponsors, yamahadownload.com. Remember, go and check out those HS monitors. Um, a lot of people swear by them. Uh, that was show number 204. Um, that's it. It's a wrap. Thank you. <laughs> from this.